This video is brought to you by ExpressVPN and Shopify people. More on them after the reaction. What is going on there, citizens of the Reject Nation? It is time to watch the theatrical cut. We will not have a discussion as to whether or not should they have done this and just released the director's cut. Who knows? John, how are you? I'm excited for the Netflix cut of the eventual Snyder cut. Alrighty, well, that's what I like to hear. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a chaotic schedule around here, so we gotta get swinging on action. But let us know in the comments below, did you like Rebel Moon? Did it live up to the hype? Are you excited for the director's cut? Should have just released it. I'm just saying, should have just don't go with that. But let's find out. Going with an open mind anyway. Leave a like on this video, ladies and gentlemen. Also, be sure to subscribe and click that notification bell. Get notified when we got something that comes up on this channel that might pique your interest because we got a few to wrap up before the end of the year. Thank you to all who have been here with us. Also, thank you to Prepper for helping us edit down the highlights on this bad boy. You guys have been an awesome team. Thank you so much. And lastly, massive thank you to all who have joined us at our Patreon page. One of the best ways to support the channel, undoubtedly. Full-length reaction watch along until you sync up with your own copy of Rebel Moon with us. That is available for our Super Sexy Rejects. We also cover several things over there with highlights and watch longs included. Let's get into action, people. All right. Interesting. All right. Three people wrote that screenplay. Well, I got thoughts. <laughs> I've got thoughts. Do you know? <laughs> and I will tell you this much. Lay it on. That these thoughts wouldn't be possible. Oh, what's that? How's today's that? today's sponsor. <laughs> Thank you to Shopify for sponsoring, which is what we use for our merch store and is our game-changing partner in e-commerce. So whether you're launching a passion project or scaling to new heights, Shopify is the e-commerce powerhouse guiding you at every step. From creating your first online store to opening physical locations, Shopify makes it seamless. It's perfect whether you're selling exclusive merch or unique collectibles, thanks to their all-encompassing platform for both online and in-store sales. Their checkout system unmatched. It's 36% more effective at converting visitors into buyers than other platforms. And let's not forget Shopify magic, the AI tool that elevates your business with minimal effort. But seriously, reflecting on our journey using Shopify for www.rejectnationshop.com, it's been transformative. The transition, smooth, growth, exponential. Thank you again, Reject Nation. From simplifying sales to scaling our offerings, Shopify has been a cornerstone of our success. And Shopify isn't just for us. It powers 10% of U.S. e-commerce, backing businesses big and small in over 175 countries. Their award-winning support, always there to guide you. So ready to join the revolution? Sign up for Shopify at only a dollar a month at shopify.com slash rejects. All lowercase, shopify.com slash rejects. Start your Shopify success story now. Let's grow together with Shopify, team. Big thanks to ExpressVPN for sponsoring this video, a real game changer I've been using for years. That's right, years. So whenever they want to work with us, it's an instant yes. You've likely heard about ExpressVPN for online privacy and security, but there's more to it than that. However, there was a very real incident recently with Spectrum shutting down my internet and contacting me due to a suspecting hacking attempt. And funny enough, I realized I hadn't actually activated my ExpressVPN on my new laptop that I got a couple of months ago. So I was paying the consequences. Having faced a serious hacking issue on YouTube a couple of years,
years ago, that made ExpressVPN my go-to for both security and freedom. I mean it. And yes, what you've heard is true. Believe me, this channel knows. You can use ExpressVPN to watch movies and shows on Netflix that are not available in your country. This means accessing a vast array of content of over 100 countries, like a global cinema at your fingertips. It's super easy. Open ExpressVPN, switch locations, refresh the browser, and there you have it. Whether it's K-dramas on South Korean Netflix, Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, or more, ExpressVPN has you covered. And it's incredibly fast, ensuring no buffering or lag for smooth HD streaming. It's versatile too, working on not just computers, but phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. This means you can enjoy your favorite shows on anywhere, any screen, protect and elevate your internet experience. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, use my link, expressvpn.com slash rejects. And you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash rejects. So head to expressvpn.com slash rejects to learn more. Thank you again. Alrighty, thank you to our sponsors, and let's talk about the Rebel Moon, a song, Bird of Fire, and Ice. Uh, <laughs> what's it called? Take it. Child, child of, of fire. fire. A Child of Fire. Okay, yeah, that's easy enough to remember. I shouldn't have such a hard time. Anywho, um, yeah, overall, I liked it. I thought I might have like a lot of thoughts on this movie, and my thoughts, I feel like, are very simple and straightforward. I express them throughout the reaction. If you guys are listening to this on Apple and Spotify, you can go ahead, rate this review. Um, and, uh, yeah, that would be very much appreciated. Anywho, yeah. So, obviously, it goes without saying, it's a Zack Snyder film. You expect it to look good. Rare is the day. I can't even think of a day where we were here and said, this film looks awful. Yeah. I don't think we've ever said that. And I think this is one of his best-looking films he has ever done. Mm -hmm. It is stunning from beginning to end. I The only live-action film I haven't seen of his is um, Sucker Punch. And from what I understand of that movie, is it supposed to kind of feel a little bit like a dream? I don't know anything about the movie, really. So I, it's supposed to feel like a dream. And what I was loving about the aesthetics here is that while it is like a dream come true of watching like a child's fantasy come to life, it, <laughs> it still felt tangible and real, and that's the element of it that has it feeling lived in, is just how gorgeous, not like the blend of practical effects, the everything that's going on in the background, the backdrops of things, not just what's in the center of frame, but the backdrops, uh, the skies, all of it, was stunning. This is probably in terms of visual effects. It, you know, like we have some great looking movies this year, and but in terms of a movie that heavily relies on CGI, mm. I would say this is undoubtedly the best looking movie I've seen all year that does that. I can't think of another one. Can you? I can't think of another one. When Way, way Wilder was like the way end of last year, right? Yeah, it does not yeah, count. So, that counts yeah, as last probably year, John. the best uh, looking yeah. one of the... I mean, yeah, like all the effects from the creatures to the ships to the, you know, melding of all the movie magic looked mwah, beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. The action, again, uh, one thing you expect from Zack Snyder, the action's going to be cool. The action was really cool. Mm -hmm. And I think his mastery blend of... He's known for his slow mo, hmm. and I actually feel like there wasn't as much slow mo as I thought there would be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny because you look at this and you hear like, "Oh, it's been cut down." So like, "Oh, what are they going to do? Just indulge in tons and tons of slow mo?" But really, it was only a couple, you know, punctuation shots that hark into that like three hundred style speed ramping. Yeah, and uh, and I mean too, just to real quick to bolster the effects, I do admire that you know for as much as Zack Snyder came 
to big prominence with a movie like 300 that is like all shot on green screens you know like you do appreciate that while there are tons and tons of visual effects they built the town apparently and they you know built these fields and stuff like that and and those things go a long way towards selling a lot of this stuff too I would say definitely because it, it all looked real and a lot of times I couldn't tell like what was real and what wasn't in terms of certain backdrops that they were inhabiting yeah and like the costumes like everything from a practical standpoint the music again who, who did is it Tom Yolkin Schleider I don't Tom know Tom initials I don't know okay. he's not it's not Hans Zimmer but it sounds close <laughs> one enough. of Hans Zimmer's it's interns. either Junkie XL or Tom Holkin Smorkenburger. We had IMDb right. I know, but it's easier now. just to ask Google. Yeah. Tom Holkenburger. Uh, that's Tom Holkenburger. He did do the score for it. Mm-hmm. Then again, the percussive tune with the mixture of stuff that felt very tribalistic, mm-hmm. um, as well as like orchestral sounds. Like so much of the mood and aura relied heavily on its aesthetic. And one thing that you can say that speaks loudly to Zack Snyder's films is aesthetically speaking that in itself is one of the voices of the movie mm-hmm. you know it's like you can look at script which has like dialogue and performances and all those things and that is just one element of the voice and oftentimes that is the main reliance of voice and it's a really important part but i think with Zack snyder you want to see how much of that really lands and i do think that you know even if at times where there were like complaints happening or things about characterization or narrative it was I I would find myself like complaining about something and then being like, but they're going, damn, look at this. You know, like it's imminently uh, watchable. Yeah. And a lot of the time, what I find that happens with me in a movie and and I've even had this with other Zack Snyder films uh, to some of his theatrical cuts, I would say, is I will be watching it and I won't I might have issues with the story. And then. This, but for a lot of films out there, I will find that, yeah, it looks pretty, but man, I'm just so bored. I'm just so checked out because of the narrative itself is so not doing it for me and that it won't, that it won't matter. And then I, I would find myself here being like, no, I still like love what I'm looking at. <laughs> like yeah, I would still yeah. really love what I'm looking at. I'm not on any substances right now or anything. I'm totally sober, Craig. Yep. I would find myself yep. still going, whoa, I am engrossed by this. And especially to watch this with headphones on, uh, I think uh, being absorbed into the sound design. So, so much of this was working for me on just the technical aspect. And not everything narratively is bad or something like that, right? Uh, it, 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 but on the technical aspect of, of it all, I was so engrossed by the painting I was witnessing that that alone is enough for me to recommend it. It is yeah. just off of that. And it's not the usual types. Of, like, there's some Zack Snyder earmarks you would normally expect. However, I still think it goes, it elevates above that. You know, like, lately he's been kind of doing something that's more real world the blend. Army of Darkness. Uh, I would even say even Army Zack Snyder's... Dead. Army, Army of the Dead. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, Batman v Superman, stuff that feels more real world inhabited. Yeah. It's been a while since he's done a movie that's just purely a fantastical realm. Yeah. You know? And, and that's, it, what, that's what makes me curious to see Sucker Punch. And, and this seems like a compliment to the vague things I know about that, except in like a much less off putting package. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and, you know, and then, then when it comes to performances, I would say the highlights for me are Ed Screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he was like he was a scene stealer whenever he was there. Yeah, he's yeah. just got so much. I don't know. He's having fun chewing the scenery, but not doing it too much. He's a villain in Deadpool, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. See, so yeah, yeah. he's kind of like whatever there. 
And so yeah. to see him play another villain here, and obviously riffing on Nazis, <laughs> still he's gotten better each time when he's because he was a, a villain in Elite Battle Angel, and that's we've right, seen yeah. yeah. And he's usually like boring. He's like he's like he's like some he's like a Jai Courtney to me. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. he totally is. And he like took over the transporter for a hot second, and that didn't last long. Yeah, where yeah. he can be that guy where he can be. Oh, I remember now. I finally remember him in Game. I did not. I, I remember that there was a switcheroo that happened, but I could not pull the face. Now I yeah. see it. Like, he was the first one, yeah, right? Yeah, he was Dario Naharis. And then the guy who plays a Gunner, he was the second one. Yeah. And he was the main one uh, who was around. Yeah. That's right. Yes, yes. And he was with Amelia Clark. I forget which I forgot which character it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I well, Anyway, I thought he was excellent here. Um, the performers overall were good. I would say, but I really don't know. See, the difference <laughs> with, um, it, I, no, I don't want to say I don't know. Like, I think they're all good. Uh, and I have some specific ones I want to kind of target a little bit here. Put a target on them. Uh, <laughs> target on your back. I guess I don't really know how strong the characters are because of this director's cut, theatrical cut debacle that we're in. It just you feels know? so obviously gutted of character beats, yeah. Like, Batman v Superman was the start of... Like, he's done other director's cuts before, but Batman v Superman was, to me, the bigger, the biggest testament and the most vocal one of you watch an extended version and it's actually so much better. And that was only, like, 15 to 20 minutes longer. Yeah. But it was. And the performances were even stronger and on all these things. And the chemistry was there. And, and the difference with that was I could actually see a version where that would exist. Yeah. From watching the theatrical version. Yeah. Because you still had, like, Gal Gadot made an impression. Ben Affleck, people were like, he's great in this movie, you know? <laughs> like, and even for people like us who didn't like that theatrical cut when we saw it, we were still like, but they're really good. And, like, they stand out. And when they're on screen, they're awesome. Alfred. Yeah. Like, there were these performers that were there that you just knew were excellent. And then, of course, having like a, being acquainted with Henry Cavill and Man of Steel prior. So there was a lot working for it. We're here. This is an introduction to a bunch of new characters. Um, you know, there's a, a new IP that's being created. And so this is my our, our introduction to a lot of them. And, and, and honestly, like my, the biggest letdown for the movie for me is the introductions of them. I could see one person. Not one person. Why am I saying like that? Uh, I could see one version is the word I'm looking for. You have no idea how long it takes. It's okay, you're doing great. I, you're I, doing want, great. I didn't want it to. I don't want that to bleed over. I want. To, I don't want to end this strong. Killing it. So you could see. I could see one version of this where you could see sort of the. Um, it's it's how I felt when we were first getting to know Cora. Sophia Butella's character like sure is this so expositional yeah. is this so on the nose is this so familiar is this so like self poetic pretentious romanticism with its own dialogue yeah yeah but it felt intentional mm -hmm. it, it felt purposeful so I was like I don't know I'm digging it I mean is this what people were complaining about because I if that's what it is then I don't give a shit like I like it yeah. it was when we started getting to other characters as the recruitment process started happening where I'm like okay we spent a good chunk of time here with village pe farmer people yeah. like the first 40 minutes is just with them and then everyone else is like a quick five to seven minutes other than guy who gets bird. Uh, every, everything else is like a quick five to seven minutes. Yeah. We just like get some backstory that uh, riffs on like uh, 
Call, oh my God, John, help me out with the word. Colonization. Colonization. Uh, colonization. <laughs> colonization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, with colonization and can feel a little bit poetic, but honestly, it feels hacked up. In my in my viewing experience, it felt hacked up. Uh, there were times <laughs> where we would like cut to a character like Lady with Swords, uh, where I was like, wait a minute, I feel like there's something here that's completely missing of how we got here. And I have no investment in what's happening here. And that investment would just constantly get more diluted the more we would meet a new character. Like, by the time I got to Ray Fisher's character, it was like, who's this? Okay, there's supposed to be this big rise in catharsis and rebellion. And yeah. then he dies. And I'm like, I don't really... I don't really care because I don't really know this guy <laughs> like, yeah, at all. <laughs> I only kind of care because I know it's Ray Fisher. This, yeah. th this was a fascinating experience because to me, this movie felt like what happens to a movie when it becomes a reaction highlight reel. <laughs> like it's it's it feels like it is reduced down to like, here's the main beats you need to understand and to support whatever we're about to say. But, you know, without the reaction part actually happening it's just the movie yeah <laughs> it felt like somebody yeah ran all these clippets together and i wonder what it would be like to watch this without the knowledge that there's gonna be a director's cut and all that stuff and whoever's idea it was and why yeah it's interesting because at the beginning with the stuff with sophia butella and, and meeting you know this world of velt you are like okay maybe the the directness and the familiarity of this is like a choice right could be, and I'm fine with that because, yeah, sometimes things aren't trying to reinvent the wheel. They're just trying to put a particularly nice shine and spin on it, right? But, uh, yeah, once you get to a certain point, it feels like all you get is the punch for everybody's intro and none of the lead up to any of that. And it really suffers dynamically because of that. And the visuals are working overtime to sell you everything. And it's fascinating because this is, like... I enjoyed watching it, and, and I wanted to keep watching it, and I think Zack Snyder is always like a really, uh, I don't know, skilled and enthusiastic world builder, aesthetician, you know, like I always get the sense that there is like a rich bedrock of stuff, even if it's comprised of many parts, like I'm always interested in what his visions are and in spending time in these worlds, again, not having seen Sucker Punch, I've heard some people say that movie's kind of off-putting, but the rest of them, usually I'm like, oh, I'm, even if the plotting isn't working for me, I'm still like engrossed in the place of this, and so yeah, seeing like bad reviews going in, I don't feel quite that way. But at the same time, I kind of agree with all the gripes. It's like weird. I, I'm not mad or and I'm not almost even like let down, but it is just so apparent that there's so much missing that makes this a really story deficient experience. So it does ironically feel the most like a movie made to sell TVs out of any of his movies. Uh, thus far, because it starts to feel like somebody who like makes commercials directed it, which I mean, you know, he he did make commercials, but uh, you know, I don't know. It, it's a f I'm trying to put my finger on like how to describe my feeling on this movie. I would say the visuals are what push it over to like a six point five to seven for me. Six point five. I'll be totally honest. It's like a six point five, maybe a six. It's like if I was a Rotten Tomato score, I would just barely be passing fresh because the narrative and characters themselves just don't cut it for me here. Like yeah. there's so many of them 
and they're all kind of given essentially the same kind of story and dialogue yeah. and background with a slightly different tinge of something. He's a general, but it's all the and same he's been shit. disgraced. Yeah. And, oh, you were a mother and you lost your kid and you've got a vendetta for yeah. that. And yeah. Yeah. And and I think um, like Sophia Butella's Cora, I think physically she's a, a, a like very capable and an imposing figure. Oh, damn. Like, she's great physically. Like, I totally buy and believe her like that, her body language. It's really, again, maybe in the extended version with the uh, expansion on dialogue scene she's given, it works. But here, I don't know. It just wasn't strong enough of a performer to uh, be captivating in those moments where she was having, like, big dialogue moments because the scenes themselves aren't strong enough because there's uh, everything surrounding or leading up and yada 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 That's, you know you know what a lot of this felt like to me what? it 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 felt like and i know this isn't the case because there's like a four-hour version out there yeah it it felt like it's, someone typed into chat gbt <laughs> Nate, I want to do a movie that takes place that's a combination of Star Wars, Dune, Lord of the Rings, Rings yeah. and uh, write me a movie that and the Magnificent Seven, Seven Samurai. Write me a movie that is it's that. All that, and that is what this is. And I don't take offense to that or find it um, egregious in any way because Zack Snyder's voice and uh, what he's gravitated towards, if you look at his filmography, I haven't seen Zucker Bunch of Legends of the Hill or whatever. <laughs> um, is, you know, like the things he's known for are adaptations. Mm -hmm. And as and, and then when he does something that's original, it, it his whole point is being derivative and, and homaging like a billion other things. Like, it's like being a yeah. kid crashing all your favorite yeah. stuff together. Yeah. yeah, like so when it comes, when you really think about it, story-wise, when it comes to originality, that's not really what people are drawn to Zack Snyder about. In terms yeah. of story i'm talking about it's the feeling and the vibe and the and the awe of yeah. the spectacle that he is able to communicate yeah because narratively story-wise none of this really everything feels like it's from something else i've seen this like, feels like does. like my bad memory of a movie except it was the whole movie well yeah i mean not uh, bad but, in terms of like a sour memory but like i don't remember all of this movie and that feels like all of the, what they gave us here. <laughs> and that's how I feel when watching this is like I uh, I don't I don't mind that I, that it's derivative of like a billion other things. I don't mind that. I, no. I really don't because um, you could feel a an eager inspiration of someone being like, oh, this is kind of like my this like you said during the reaction like this is how Zack Snyder will often take the fantastical thing we all know when he's doing like one of his derivative pieces and then like what's the harsher reality version of this yeah, <laughs> yeah. and totally. that's what he does that's that's just what we we know him to do and and so when watching this I'm like yeah it's about what I'd expect uh when watching the trailer for this movie uh, Story-wise, but one thing I cannot forgive a movie on is if you're going to have this many characters, they got to have chemistry, mm -hmm. and the characters have to you be make a team, especially. That's what I mean. It's an ensemble of a team that's banding together for a cause. I'm like, well, you got to get your simple story down, really easy to latch onto, uh, because the most you got to do is like at least make up for lack of story with good with um 
I don't know, fun to watch characters. They're not even like fun. That's the problem is the characters aren't even like fun to watch. Well, they didn't give them any time to build camaraderie or build any kind of team spirit of any kind like like uh Sophia Butella's character has like a conversation with the Charlie Hunnam character and that's only really to convince us he's not a bad guy right before the twist comes around that he is a bad guy and so like it seems pretty likely that like all of the stuff that's missing from this is probably all the stuff is going to go back into the director's cut but it is funny to me whoever made it this way from you know, the powers that be because it does betray the tone and that cornerstone of Zack Snyder's aesthetic in making these things feel more real because by removing us from any time spent with the characters and removing us from time spent in the world past that opening bit in Velt where you spend the most breathable room getting to know the place. Like you're traveling to so many distant, interesting looking worlds and you can feel the love from behind the camera for what all these creatures and places and, and all these political machinations are. But it undercuts that grit of realism by not having any meat on that bone. And you brought up multiple times during the movie. It's like they let us know via dialogue how terrible the mother world is. Um, and, you know, Ed Screen, good villain, the guy who is her, like, surrogate father who picks her up on the battlefield. Actually, some decent presence from that guy, like, interesting, formidable presence. However, yeah, you don't really feel, you don't get to witness the true horrific might of the mother world. You just kind of, I don't know, everywhere you go is kind of crappy, so you just have to assume that that's their fault or something. Yeah, like, if you look at the movies as borrowing from. Yeah. See, I think the strongest part of this movie is the f- before they venture out on the quest. Yeah, because then yeah, it's the, just like the, a pretty fine yeah. blockbuster. Yeah, the four, the first forty five minutes, like when when she actually, like as cliche as it is, with like girl about to be assaulted, and then main character. Usually, it's a guy who's like the main character to step in and save yeah. the day. Um, so as as cliche as much of a trope as it is. Um, I still really like uh, like this is effective. This is strong. I'm rooting for Sofia Batella. I want to get to know who she is. Mm-hmm. The, and 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 the farmer village town, like I kind of feel like we lost sight of all that. And when they started going out and exploring the galaxy, is when the movie slowly just kept starting smaller to, and smaller in terms of impact, <laughs> yeah. in terms of emotional and impact narrow, and, and yeah. interest. You know, it's like we just kept going to other parts of the world and. The story itself, uh, the engrossment of that just started to dwindle mm-hmm. when I was like, I was actually extremely more invested in this. We were just in this one section, <laughs> this one spot. Yeah. And and uh, and, I, and I think what they do with Sophia Batella's character that I I find is not really it seems like the script confused. And maybe this is just the theatrical version. It feels like the script confuses bombastic flashbacks with heavy amounts of exposition for world building and character development. Yes, it does. When that's not what's really... They're just kind of explaining shit, you know? And yeah, they're just giving <laughs> you setups so that you know what the motivations are so that we know why we're fighting and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And yeah, to that point about the motherland, like, for comparisons and compared to the things that it's derived from, like, even in the first Star Wars movie, you're not watching the Empire, like, you know, destroy villages left and right or some shit. Like, they... some. Uh, but when you go to towns, there's like stormtroopers there, and there's a lot of emphasis and talk about it. You, you see them see destroy the Alteron. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You see this some, could pop off at any moment. 
and there's a lot of and there's not as many cutting around to so you're really focused and a lot of the conversations are about like here's what the empire will do like everywhere you go the the vibe of the empire is around yeah. in some capacity dune same thing you know mm-hmm. um and, and you that's get more, a sense for the proximity of places in those worlds yeah yeah exactly and i like the idea idea of doing like a seven samurai but on a galactic level yeah. um but the problem is seven samurai and magnificent seven those movies are all about one town and, and and like this one dude who's this one this group of people who are oppressing this one town. Yeah, you know, and it's very it's it's yeah. That's why that first hour is effective for that. Yeah, yeah. those movies are sprawling and they are long, but but they are sort of simple in that way. Is you get the team together, they got to fortify the villagers, help them fight for themselves, and then they take on the bad guy. Yeah, so when you start cutting around and you're trying to do like additional world building on top of world building, and then you start to like kind of lose sight of it. So. To me, I was like, there's a lot of potential that kind of just seems like it's getting lost in the in the array of things. And now it's getting so caught up in uh, delivering information and wanting to be cool that <laughs> we are now missing out on just like the basics. And the basics being an ensemble movie where you got like great, like you have so many great actors here, but you know the writing is so weak to the, uh, of them to the point where they're not even enough to elevate it to make the characters actually interesting. They don't even get a <laughs> yeah. chance to shine through that. Yeah, it's like it really feels like you you got whisked past something really fast. Like somebody pulled you in a room and said, look at all this cool stuff, but we got to run through here. We got to get out of here because we got another one of these to get to, right? Yeah. And uh, like it really does feel like a like a like a recollection in hindsight but made into a movie somehow. And and it's like you have these creatures and things. And you have like, I, I really it's enjoyed awesome. that spider scene with Jenna Malone. Uh, and that, you know, there are so many alien species and stuff like that. And those are things that give you questions that you as a viewer will probably happily give the movie a little extra time and benefit of the doubt to go exploring. And I do think it's funny that Zack Snyder seems like a filmmaker who just... I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but I, he just seems like he has to make a long movie. It's, there's no other way he has to make a long ass movie. And this is like two hours and it feels like, yeah, like it's been shredded down to this felt kind of like a less maddening to me version of what happened to Batman v Superman. And I get the sense more was cut from this where it's like, let's just trim out as much as we can to get to two hours and whatever that is, we're going to put it out. And I felt like the shredding wasn't really felt until they started until they left farmland. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, the part where it's it weirdly I liked that we got to establish Velt and and the people there and and we got to spend some time in that. However, funny enough, I would trade it for the rushed prologue intro thing if it meant we could breathe in assembling the team because that's what's really important like you, you got to care for the home that you're fighting for and for her to come back and be like oh yeah she says something about you know like calling it home being a nice thing uh but in a movie like this where the whole charm is gonna be the team and their dynamic together and each of them having unique moments when the fight finally you know reaches ahead and you know you know some people aren't gonna make it i i would have happily traded 20 or more of those opening minutes on velt for flesh on those bones because it does start to feel like some kind of greatest hits medley from comprised of a bunch of complete albums you've never heard 
Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, especially if you want to get people to watch, like, part two, you know? And I know there's a lot of people, I'm, saying, I, I'm sure if I go on Twitter, there's a lot of people who are, like, loving this right now. Critic score bad, audience score middling. Um, and I, it, to me, though, it, yeah, I, I'm like, I kind of, it's not either put more work in your theatrical cut or, or don't rely on people having to watch your director's cut. I, I don't I don't agree with how the handling of that. It's streaming. You there there aren't as many rules and like if anyone is gonna if you have any chance of getting big numbers on a long, long movie, it's a Zack Snyder joint. And 000%. it feels like a disservice to everything going on here and to the sequel to split this in half. And then do a mono cut because, from my understanding, the director's cut will be both parts plus an hour. So, like at that point, just do that or find a way to cut that version in half because this seems—I don't know. Like I, I, I would be fascinated in the future when more, you know, when you can. I'm sure there are NDAs and whatever. I would, I would be curious to hear the story of this later down the line because. I, if I was Zack Snyder making a movie, I'm not sure I would be totally thrilled with this cut. And he's like, oh, yeah, the director's cut feels like a whole different movie. And while I don't think that that's necessarily 100% true, I'm like, I could see how it definitely would feel like a different experience. Because this is, it's just so strange. I can't even put my, f I can't find a proper word. Because I wouldn't call this bad, but it is clearly deficient of things that are, like, super necessary. Like, there are so many elements well, that doesn't I... Have, it doesn't have to be black and white. I, I think, like, everything that's good about it is obvious, and the things that are bad about it are also obvious. Yeah, it's like, part of me is like, I liked it. It's, it's pretty cool. Subjectively speaking, of yeah. course. I'm yeah. sure there are people who really like some of these characters. I don't, the, I'm not going to... We won't try to take that away from you. Yeah, and I mean, sure, there, there's plenty that, like, an actor you like and, you know, a cool look can do, and I, I you know, I certainly, you know, gravitate towards those things, too. And this is, I don't know, this is one of those things where I'm happy to want to learn more about these characters rather than finishing this and being like, I don't care to see any more of this stuff. Like, you know, there, there's only more goodwill that can be built on top of this because, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, and I've heard some people mention the creator uh, while talking about this movie, and that is another movie that is like supremely derivative of a bunch of things, but has... A good amount more, and it doesn't even fully breathe as well as it could do, but that movie, you know, in being quite familiar, still manages to feel like kind of a rich experience or one of those you walk out of and you're like, you know, that's not perfect, but a real big applause for the effort. And sure. here I'm like, this isn't perfect, applause for the effort, but also I feel like you could have easily not been in this position. Yeah. You know, a hundred different ways. <laughs> I don't know, but that's just our pay on it. I'm like somewhere between a six to a six point five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keeps same. Going, keeps going down for me a little I'm, bit. I'm excited for I'm, part two. I'm definitely like, there's enough in here to push you right past that rotten line. Yeah, like visually, but in terms of I'm just looking at like narrative and story. You know, like I could watch a movie that's riddled with cliches. Sure. I could watch a movie that's riddled, that's so derivative, it's but it's like, food. it's also about like, what is the emotion it's leaving me with? And, and, uh, to me, it, it like the emotion it left me with was like, there's a lot I admired here in my head. And emotionally I was like, eh, it's kind of, it's kind <laughs> emotionally, of like, it's a little vacant on the emotion side. That's a good word for it. Yeah. It doesn't even feel like there's a chance to connect. No, there's, nothing, yeah. there's nothing like 
nothing really brought like a big smile to my face. Nothing like shocked me. And even like the while the action's like really cool to look at, it's not memorable enough for me to be like, I'll at least want to turn in for part two for the crazy action. Yeah, yeah you know? it's, it's like a, even with Transformers, you'd be like, ah, well, that fucking action, though, you know, or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. actually, that's a bad. I hate the action in most of those movies. It, those get incessant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but no, I, I get what you mean. Like while you're while you're watching it, it's very appealing, and and at least for me, I'm you know, you're always wanting to give yeah. it the, the benefit of the doubt. But again, with all those things missing, it just loses the ability to be fun in any superlative way or dramatic or intense. It's it's no. badass in moments if the visuals are supporting that, uh, and and that's the thing is like you know again, in the f- first part of the movie you're sitting there going yeah this could be derivative as hell but it's part of the vision like Zack Snyder's vision is kind of the star that can make all of that okay <laughs> and and palatable because of his enthusiasm and because yeah. you could clearly tell like this dude should be writing a hundred thousand graphic novels where he could probably fully always realize his vision. Yeah, it reads but, like a graphic novel too. And and yeah, and, and through yeah. that perspective, mm-hmm. I'm happy to be like, ah, you know, that's fine. You know, as long as the actors can sell the dialogue. But we're whatever. not watching a graphic novel. But we are <laughs> watching a movie. <laughs> and and uh, yeah. yeah. Um so yeah. Anyway, guys, what do you think about it, though? Are you ultimately satisfied? Are you going to be watching the director's cut? Are you excited for Rebel Moon Part 2? Leave your thoughts down below. Subscribe. Leave a like. Patreon! All right, John, pick a name. All right, let's do Gabriel. Gabriel, do you know your game for Christmas? What? You are getting this comment that, what is it, John? What did Gabriel oh, say? Did you find it? I didn't, but we're going to watch hell, for man? it in real time because we had to you, get into this. There's a whole this. thing that you were like, I Gabriel just, left a comment and it was funny. And and then I, well, I was like, Gabriel geez. gave us an inkling as to like where he is he's based. So like, uh, you know, oh my god, like, we'll get to it, man. Know. I'm getting, I'm getting while the getting time got, is sensitive right? here. We are on Gabriel's time, okay? Gabriel's so impatient. Gabriel just cannot stop hassling is, us at all times I, of day. I, like, I, hey. I fight with Gabriel on the daily. Oh, really? Is he a good fighter? Is he, do you like to spar? He's a he's a bit of a bitch. <laughs> I gotta admit, man, he slaps. That's messed up, he dude. Slaps. He's French he Canadian. He says he's too nice to stop pledging. Oh no, he's shit! A French Canadian. Look I was worried about my my bitch fighting joke, but but ah, now you gotta a, go even harder he's on him. He's a slapper. That French Canadian freak. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Hit go, me with a maple? Go enjoy your coated baguette. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go, hang out with your moose. Go use your hyper specific uh, accent. Yeah, yeah. How's the ice skating going hey. around? How's a, how's a hockey coming along? How's public relations with other Canadians? That's a good question. Actually. I understand fair people are unfairly argument. harsh on French Canadians, especially the French Canadians. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do they ever do to anybody? Well, Maybe there is a French in there. You know, did they come over and conquer? They helped us out, so like we're cool, except we always make fun of them for surrendering all the time. But otherwise, bunch you know, of bitches, them French. <laughs> those French people. <laughs> Babe, maybe they've been really oppressive up in Canada. Who knows? <laughs> they can take a joke. Which one? The French or the yeah. Canadians? <laughs> I or don't the know. French Canadians? <laughs> I don't know. And I feel like nowadays no one can take a joke, but you know who can is Gabriel. Gabriel knows a good joke when he. Gabriel, thank you for always being understanding with us, and for thank you for being an atheist. Uh, Happy Festivus. 
hat. What's that? For the rest of us, apparently, it's a thing that they created on Seinfeld or something. What does that mean? It's like a it's like this surrogate Christmas for atheists. So it's like here's a secular holiday that we can pretty much do the same shit around. So they just what do they celebrate? Not believing in anything? What, what a weird thing to celebrate. <laughs> I guess they just celebrate togetherness. We're here today to honor nothing. <laughs> we, yes, we had a mass. We went to Festivus Church. We went to Atheist Church and had a, a Festivus Mass. thing. Yeah, a candlelight vigil. All right, good for you. Um, <laughs> happy Festivus Day. I hope happy you're, Chris Mahanaquanzica. Hope you're rolling your eyes at everyone's beliefs this holiday season. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I hope you're fully looking your down arms. your nose at people <laughs> and judging them for believing in fantasies. Hope you fold your arms during Christmas dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And refuse. To refuse participate. to participate. I hope you shove down your beliefs of science versus religion. <laughs> Yeah, I hope and, you walk into a church on Christmas Day with just like a, the a copy of Darwin ruined history, ruined American and Canadian culture. So yeah, sure. yeah, have fun ruining the holidays for everyone. Yeah, and not understanding that yourself. no one really gives a shit about the religious side other than the religious people. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe we should go to uh, Christmas mass. For no, all it is sake. so it is long. long I'm not gonna say boring. <laughs> It just, but that it's might deliberately be service. an emotion that comes up. <laughs> I would probably appreciate it more now than I ever did in the times we were really doing that. <laughs> Before it would be like, oh man, I'm gonna be so tired, and I'm gonna have to. Well, I'm, I'm gonna be like, be wow, these people are really committed. But if I close my eyes, <laughs> I might be able to get a good nap. In. I, I might be able to talk to God on the astral plane. I went. I took my grandma-in-law to church out here. Really? I think it was Palm Sunday or something. There was some one of them. Take and church. <laughs> I took her, and I paid attention the whole time, entire time. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed it. I was actually in admiration of everyone there, and it was like an extra long mass. It was like an hour and a half. It was a foot long. Yeah, yeah it was a foot long mass. And then, uh, and then they decided to have the exits be different than usual, where it's like one row at a time. You know how big that church is. Oh yeah. So that was like one row at a time, and then they had like an ex- an, an encore outside. Whoa. And I was like, okay, now you're testing my patience. <laughs> no, you're testing my faith. I thought we were ready to go to the parking lot and leave. <laughs> now we're outside of the church after an already extended period. More worship. And we are now here with cars passing by, listening to you talk. <laughs> this is going on way too long, man. I've been really respectful and kind. And I've actually enjoyed it and taken away some of the lessons the, the overall lessons. So I had a good time. No alcohol required. Didn't need the <laughs> wine. And now we're here. No, I got to go. But we stayed and, and it was fine. Oh. Anyway, Gabriel, didn't have to deal with any of that. <laughs> yeah, atheist. you don't have to worry at all. <laughs> yeah, enjoy that extra few hours. Happy Atheist Day. I hope I can join you on it. Yeah. Peace and objectivity. 